3: Dun 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 Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook.
4: And good morning and welcome in to Inside the Clubhouse here on 670. The score, lots going on on both sides of town with our two first place teams, the Cubs and Sox, both sitting atop the Central and the American and National Leagues, respectively. Uh, And that is always good news as we sit here on June 19th. Good morning, Bruce Levine. Good morning, Mike Esposito. Welcome
5: in. Uh, we're happy to have you sitting in for David Haw, who's taking a much-needed uh, nice vacation with his family, and we will be back next week. But, uh, Espo, it's uh, just nice to have you with us, talking some Cubs Appreciate and Sox it. baseball. As you said, both the White Sox and Cubs in first place, clinging to it at this point. Uh, White Sox had a comfortable lead early in this week. Uh, looked like uh, they were going to step on the uh, gas a little bit, but uh, kind of got slowed down here with the first couple games in Houston. Chicago Cubs uh, fighting their way back from New York and uh, having a clunker last night against the uh, Miami Marlins. So we will begin talking with about both teams. Uh, again, this is Inside the Clubhouse. We're here for you every week, 52 weeks out of the year, talking Chicago baseball Our number is 312-644-6767. You want to get interactive with us either through text or the phone. And Mike, um, let's start in Houston with the Chicago White Sox. Another great outing by Carlos Rodan gone to waste yesterday because of uh, Houston and uh, holding the White Sox down offensively.
4: Yeah, the the White Sox got seven innings of uh, three hit, one run ball from Rodon, uh, another gem, and really this one got into the bullpen. Uh, and Garrett Crochet in the end winds up giving up uh, the walk off uh, double to Alvarez. Uh, so the Astros win it two to one. The Astros are hot though, and Bruce and we we said this uh, coming into the series, they're one of the better hitting teams in baseball. They have won five straight. Uh, they are they're playing great baseball right now. The White Sox, as you said too. Have a nice, comfortable lead in the, or had a nice, comfortable lead in the American League Central. It's still three and a half games over the Indians, and they're still certainly the odds-on favorite there. But uh, only uh, a handful of hits for the White Sox last night, uh, and certainly the injury's not helping. But but seven hits for the White Sox, and uh, uh, one just the one run off of Garcia, who was the Astros starter last night.
5: Now we're going to explore during the show uh, the White Sox uh Having additions and uh, touching on dealing with uh, their offensive uh, problems here. They've, they've scored enough runs because, in fact, uh, you know, I suppose you have a team uh, that has allowed the fewest runs in the American League, second fewest in baseball. They're only giving up uh, 3.5 runs per game, which is the lowest in the American League and second lowest. In baseball, the only team that's given up less, uh, the New York Mets. So um, this is a great pitching team, as we know. Um, yep. But offense is certainly a challenge with uh, now Madrigal down for the entire season, joining Robert and um, and Jimenez on the IL. So uh, there is are some challenges here. Rick Hahn talked earlier in the week about uh, that uh, they will... Make deals. Uh, they want to make prudent deals, Mike. Uh, not giving away the farm, literally the right. farm, for uh, players to plug in here. But again, it's it's pie in the sky when you're when you're thinking about Jimenez and Robert coming back to help you. They are still light years away for going out and uh, starting to play in games. Good news on Jimenez, of course, and that is. He started to do some baseball activities. Robert's still a ways away. Uh, if you're going to count on them, it's a huge mistake. Uh, if they're back in September and they're on the roster and they can help, that would be great. But um, getting into game shape, being a part of what the White Sox want to do the rest of the way, uh, that, that that's not the plan. So Rick Hahn will be out there. Uh, his scouts are out there looking at players. We will discuss... Uh, What we think maybe uh, could help the Chicago White Sox along the way in our second hour as well.
4: Yep, and a texter quickly asking why Adam Engel is not playing every day, Bruce. And Engel's still working his way back from the hamstring injury. He's being eased back in, and we'll actually talk to Adam Engel on the show today around 1030. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Billy Hamilton also, uh, who had been playing well for the Sox, uh, he's on his way back, but uh, it is not going to be a quick thing. He uh, apparently felt a, a pinch while taking swings uh, on Thursday, that according to Tony LaRusa. So uh, he's still a ways away as well. Uh, and I saw this, uh, Bruce, and I found it interesting. So Jake Berger, the first round pick from 2017 uh, who had had back to back Achilles tendon injuries, is now playing again, and and he's a third baseman. But I see that down at Charlotte, they've had him start at second now to try to uh, kind of get uh, some versatility in his mix there.
5: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I saw some actually um, on um, on NBC Sports Chicago. They showed some video of him playing uh, second base, and um, it was in the post game of the White Sox game two days ago, and Azi Gian along with Chuck Garfine, Ozzy said, yeah, he looks like a uh, 16-inch softball player over there at second base. (laughs) So uh, he's not exactly used to uh, playing a position other than third base. Um, He's going to get another start there today uh, in their their game. So, um, you know, the White Sox obviously are not afraid to try outside-the-box ideas. We saw that with uh, Vaughn, who had never played the outfield before, and his right. starting a lot of the games in left field this year, uh, out of desperation, you know, after you know losing two outfielders, so uh, they are trying it. Give him credit for that. I don't know if that's going to be functional, but we will we'll see. Jake Berger uh, coming back after basically three years of fighting Achilles uh, tendon tears is now uh, hitting pretty well. I think he has something like an 850. OPS uh, yep. with Charlotte, so uh, that's good news.
4: Uh, and you know, you can you can tell the White Sox are trying everything right now. Yep, and he does have eight homers down at Charlotte. Uh, and before we get into the Cubs, Bruce, I wanted to mention uh, the scores' first ever. What about Chicago Radiothon? It's this coming Wednesday, the twenty-third. Uh, Danny Parkins will be on the air for twenty-four. 24- consecutive hours uh, starting at 9 a.m. on the 23rd uh, through 9 a.m. on the 24th through all score shows overnights and everything. uh, It's the What About Chicago Radiothon benefiting uh, former Bear Sam Ocho's charity, Athletes for Justice. They're uh, they're raising funds uh, to build a grocery store in the Austin neighborhood. Ocho will be on the program. Lots of other athletes uh, and kids from Austin Harvest will join. So if you'd like to donate, if you'd like to learn more about the event, Head on over to The Score's website, 670thescore.com, slash give, or you can text give to 44995. It's a great cause. We'll be giving away prizes, tickets, Cubs, Bulls, Blackhawks, autographs, et cetera, all of that uh, and more connected to the What About Chicago Radiothon. So definitely uh, listen in on Wednesday and then into Thursday and and donate if you can to The Great Cause. So look forward to that.
5: Yeah, I asked Danny to come out today, but uh, golf is uh, number one, and uh, <laughs> he's he he needs to relax a little bit and get ready for the
4: twenty-four hour radiothon on Wednesday. He's got He's got to get his voice in shape for all that talking, so he needs to rest it uh, on the old golf course. Uh, and and let's, speaking uh, of, let's, yeah, go ahead. Speaking Mike. of resting, Bruce, I was just going to say the Cubs bats have been. Uh, fairly silent uh, they they won the series finale in New York but then last night only four hits two of them solo shots by Jack Peterson that accounted for all of their scoring uh, but the Cubs bats certainly uh, have quieted of late
5: yeah uh, look uh, you know they have so many excuses i don't make for teams or people but you know the reality of um, a lot of injuries uh, for the uh, Chicago Cubs uh, you have a bunch of guys that are rehabbing, trying to come back. In Horner, uh, in Duffy, uh, in Bodie, uh, you have uh, guys that uh, are integral parts of uh, that team that uh, adds to their depth that is just missing there. Uh, again, no excuses for the Cubs, but uh, you know, all the way around baseball, as we've seen, Mike, uh, just run scoring, and in particular, the, the, the yeah. National League is just like... You know, we're looking at all time low batting averages at uh, 238 right now, I think, across Major League Baseball. A, a tad up after we heard about uh, the um, baseball's edict about cracking down on using any type of product uh, for pitchers on the baseball. But still, um, how can we put this sensitively? How can we say not boring? Uh, Uh, some games because of the fact that pitching dominates so much. I've always been a guy that loves the two-to-one game. I used to love the two-to-one, two-hour and 25-minute game of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Those don't appear anymore because the two-to-one games now have uh, anywhere from six to eight or nine pitchers involved in it. No longer uh, Gibson against uh, Fergie Jenkins in a nope. one hour and 52 minutes. So uh, it's it's a challenge for Major League Baseball to add offense here. And getting back to the Cubs, it's been a challenge for the Cubs to score runs. Uh, their last five games, Mike, um, yep. the only runs that have scored have been through the home run. So that that's
4: a tell right there. Yep. No, and, and you know what, Bruce, and, and you know I I I also uh, appreciate a great pitchers duel. It is my preferred type of game. But you're right when when you know when you're just looking straight at batting average, and your guys like Baez is hitting 230. Jason Hayward and Ian Happ are down in the 100s uh, on the Cubs side. Chris Bryant uh, is your only real starter. I won't count Patrick Wisdom in there yet, uh, but he has certainly been hitting well. But KB right around 290, 288 to be exact, but. Um, You know, you're not getting a lot of hits on the White Sox side. Tim Anderson and before he got hurt, Madrigal were right above 300. Uh, But you don't have a ton of guys hitting for average. You have a lot of the three outcome guys. Um, And we saw that last night. Jock Peterson with two solo shots. That's all the Cubs scoring. Uh, And the Marlins really broke it open uh, in the third inning off of Zach Davies, who had pitched. He was cruising into that third inning and then some walks got the better of him. Uh, And then Duvall battled him in that at bat. Uh, and then lined one out to left for the grand slam that really uh, broke the game right. open. Um, we have to mention we have to mention that he got hit on the leg as well.
5: Sure. Uh, during yep. that inning, he to his credit he did not use that as an excuse. Refused to use it as, as an excuse. Stayed in the game, another uh, almost three innings. So uh, you know credit to him. Uh, he's uh, what we've learned about him uh, this year being a cub for the first time is a stand up guy. Uh, It's been through some adversity, especially the beginning of the year. Had pitched tremendously well over the last uh, uh, nine starts, I believe, or six starts. And uh, uh, last night was a hiccup for him, for sure. But uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, the pitching has been the key for the Chicago Cubs, especially that bullpen. Getting length out of the starting pitchers is something that they've been moving toward and we will have to continue to do if uh, that bullpen is going to be able to hold up for another 90 games this year.
4: Yep. Yeah, and the Cubs, we mentioned off the top, they're still in first place. Milwaukee has lost five in a row in second place, Uh, but between the Cubs in first place and the Cardinals in fourth, there is only a four-game separation there. Pittsburgh really the only team way out of it. Uh, So it looks like we have a four-team race here in the National League Central, Bruce. It should be certainly an exciting summer, and I know Cubs fans coming into the year uh, skeptical or maybe confused. Confused is probably the wrong word, but not sure what they were going to get out of this team after uh, the Darvish trade and some other moves in the offseason. Uh, but the Cubs have, as you mentioned, they're pitching well. They're the only team in the division with a, a plus run differential. And uh, they are sitting in first place, 39-31, and 31, uh, as we are sitting here uh, with, what, 70 games in the books. Uh, so that is uh, a good... Certainly a good omen, a good start for the Cubs. And we'll talk later in the show, too. What are these Cubs going to do uh, a month from now, six weeks from now, when the trade deadline's coming up? And uh, where will they be, I think, is, uh, you know, do you, do you have your forecasting hat on? Because I think a lot of uh, Cubs fans already advocating for the Cubs to try adding. Um, and, and we'll see how it goes. But I think you have to see where they're at, you know, come the trade deadline.
5: Uh, only uh, only 42 days and counting uh, until the trading deadline for both the White Sox-Cubs and Major League Baseball, yep. and it's going to be fascinating to see uh, over these uh, next few weeks uh, how the, the Cubs, uh, uh, Jed Hoyer and uh, Rick Hahn from the White Sox, approach this because um, we know the White Sox are going to add. Uh, mm-hmm. a- as to what the cost will be, we don't know. With the Cubs... It's almost the perfect scenario for the Cubs, and at the same time, the perfect nightmare for the Cubs, Mike. Because Mm -hmm. you have a situation where the Cubs are in first place. They've overachieved people's uh, standards uh, this year, uh, staying in first place and being there right now. And uh, they also have the most uh, free agents on their team of any team in baseball uh, going toward... 2022. I think on the 26-man roster, there's 13 guys that mm-hmm. can be free agents in November. So with with that perspective, you know, right now, you have a divide of Cub fans talking about, do we add to this team and try to win? Or do we sell off and over the next three, four, five years, Benefit From these young players that we would get in a trade for five, six, seven, eight, ten guys that we could trade at the mm-hmm. trading deadline. I think it's a it's a fascinating situation to be in. And I think if you talk to Jed Hoyer before the season started and he understood his situation, uh, this this would be ideal. And at the same time, uh, a, a real hair puller to yep. de- try to decide
4: which way you want to go. Yep, it's definitely going to be interesting, and we will certainly be talking about it here on Inside the Clubhouse. Coming up on the show today, I mentioned Adam Engel from the White Sox will join us during the 10 o'clock hour. When we return from our quick timeout that we're going to take here, Cubs third base coach Willie Harris will join us. We look forward to talking to Willie, uh, and we look forward to uh, talking baseball here till 11, every Saturday morning on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. And we are back on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito in for David Haw today. Glad to be with you. Talking Cubs, talking White Sox baseball here. uh, Both teams in first place here on June 19th, Bruce. And uh, we hope to talk to Willie Harris, Cubs third base coach, uh, in a moment here. But as we get back into it and we left off talking about last night's game against the Marlins and you mentioned Zach Davies, you mentioned the pitching Uh, that the Cubs have been getting, and certainly Kyle Hendricks a big part of that. And uh, he's really turned his season around after a rough start and got uh, a big win in New York to close out that Mets series, Bruce.
5: Yeah, uh, Hendricks is, um, you know, I would say, uh, you know, the ERA doesn't indicate it because of the the clunky start he had to the season, but uh, nine wins on the season, this guy is going to be a candidate for uh, the All-Star game. He's pitched that well over over these last nine starts, he's he's been lights out. So uh, this is a uh, a guy that has not only turned his season around, but been everything that you want an ace to be, and that is stopping losing streaks and uh, getting the Cubs uh, pointed the other way. Uh, that he that was never more indicated than on uh, on Thursday when he he uh, stopped the New York and uh, had that
4: great start against the Mets.
5: Absolutely,
4: and uh, uh, a few texters chiming in, Bruce, and you mentioned uh, the number, 312-644-6767. If you'd like to uh, call or text, uh, the the number is the same. We welcome your participation. Uh, Dueling texters, though, Bruce, uh, one of them says uh, from the 773, Cubs are fool's gold. Tear it down now. This team can't make a deep playoff run. The immediate next text says the Cubs are in first place. They have the fourth-best record in the league. How do you justify not buying and that really is the dilemma isn't it for Jed Hoyer is that you're you have a fan base that has been energized by a first place team and the Cubs have been there most of the season uh, and others who think well it's smoke and mirrors they can't keep it up whatever you know it's that's why Jed gets paid the big bucks I guess to uh, decide what to do there.
5: Well, Mike, uh, you know uh, David Haw and I had this conversation last week, and he said they they must add. You know, the Cubs must add. They have this great opportunity, and and I I get it, I understand it. But I said to I said to David, I said, well, you and and Molly, uh, in November when uh, free agency starts, and uh, the Cubs get uh, nothing for any of their free agents because they added, you 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 guys will be the first ones to say. Why didn't they make the, the, the proper moves during the season? And, and again, it'll be a fair assessment at that time. But right now, the hard decision is Hoyers as to what to do over this next six, six weeks. And the idea that you know, they have a, a good team, probably as good as most of the teams in the National League. And they have an opportunity to win. And, and you must seize that opportunity when you can But at what cost, you know, uh, again, what will what will the cost be to you in 2022, 23, 24 when the fans are asking you to have a competitive team then and you haven't added to that team when you should have at the trading deadline? So like my like
4: everyone else, I'm kind of in between on where the Cubs should go. Well, and, and let's talk to somebody who's there in that clubhouse. Let's head on out to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook.
5: One of my old friends in baseball, uh, a White Sox icon, now the third base coach of the Chicago Cubs, Willie Harris joins us on Inside the Clubhouse today. Good morning, Willie. Good morning. How are we doing? We're doing good. Uh, Mike and I are pleased to talk to you today. And I guess, I guess the first question to you, uh, Willie, we talked to you in spring training a little bit. But and now as the season has gone on, um, how, uh, how has this worked for you so seamlessly? Are you fitting in with this group, uh, just having fun and uh, kind of transcending the idea that you haven't
3: been there a long time? Well, I, I think for me, man, just being able to <clears throat> come in and, and be myself, uh, not not force myself onto anyone, especially in spring training in the start, give the guys an opportunity to get a good feel for who I am and for what I stand for and for what I bring, which is energy. Every day I bring the energy and, you know, those guys feed off of that and, and things have been great for me so far here. Uh, I I love the staff, I love the fans, I love Wrigley, everything's been great.
4: Yeah, and Willie, certainly, uh, Bruce and I both uh, got to know that energy and covering the White Sox back in the early 2000s, and we saw it throughout your your long playing career, but it really does look like, and again, from, from afar, and I know a lot of our listeners just watching the games on TV or from the stands, but it certainly looks like you guys are having a ton of fun out there.
3: I tell you what, man, the the clubhouse atmosphere is great. I mean, we're loose. We have a good time, and we've been winning some games. Hopefully we can continue to have fun and continue to get some Ws for for Wrigley Field. But uh, I think those guys, uh, they have built, like, a a really good chemistry, man. It's it's fun to watch, and it's fun to be around.
5: Willie, uh, David Ross is a stickler for fundamentals. Uh, I found that out while he was a, a catcher when he was with the team, uh, you know, back in 2015 and 16, and more so uh, as he became more involved in the front office and then eventually the manager of the team, that he was pretty insistent on good defense and good base running. Now, every manager looks at that. Every manager makes that a focal point but David's been really adamant about it. Uh, since you're involved with the, the base running and outfield defense, uh, what have you learned about uh, David and uh, his uh, desire to have uh, very good ancillary parts to his baseball team?
3: Uh, Rossi, man, he, he, like you said, he's, he's really locked in on the fundamental side of the game. Um, base running is, is huge for him. Uh, And it's huge for our team, too, as well. Uh, Being over that area, having that area is a part of, like, one of my main jobs. You know, I'm always talking to the guys about reading balls in the dirt, going first to third, uh, giving them all different types of situations and scenarios that may occur throughout the game. And, And Rossi encourages me to do that. So I think we've done a really good job in that area. I think we're sixth in the league right now in base running. Uh, and I think we can be better. I mean, if you, you look at our lineup, we're built to slug. We're built to hit home runs, you know. But, you know, some of those days, those those home runs aren't going to be there. What can we do to, to sacrifice a run? That could be reading the ball in the dirt. That could be tagging up on a fly ball, getting in the scoring position, with getting to third base with one out. I mean, it's, it's so many different ways to, to, to win a ball game without just hitting a home run. And, and those guys have been doing a really good job. Uh, with the base running going first to third and anticipating balls in the dirt and taking advantages of our opponents' mistakes and their lazy play. So, hopefully we can continue to do that.
4: Talking with uh, Cubs third base coach Willie Harris with us here on Inside the Clubhouse and and Willie, I mentioned your long playing career, you played for a bunch of different teams. Uh, your longest tenure was with the White Sox, but and you mentioned the base running. You were known for your base running. You're always a heady player, always out there being aggressive. Uh, as you moved into coaching, how did you translate that into, you know, what you were going to be doing as a coach uh, and, and specifically to coaching third base? I got to imagine uh, it's not as easy as uh, just going out there and, and waving
3: or holding up a stop sign, right? i tell you what, man, it's it's a lot goes into it uh, prior to the games. And, and, and I understand coaching third base is going to come with a lot of criticism. I get that. And I I can deal with that. Uh, You're going to send guys that are going to get thrown out, and you're going to send guys that are going to be safe. You just have to have the correct calculations and and hope you're right. Uh, It's very instinctual. You know, you you be out there coaching third, and and there's so many things going through your mind, and you want to make the correct decision, but you're not going to be correct all the time. So for me, I want to know how well the outfielders throw, how well they move. Who has the strongest arm? Who's my base run in this particular situation? Where are we at in the lineup? Are we going to possibly make a pitching change if we're towards the bottom? Lots lots of things go through my mind. So that's really how I I decide on on what I'm going to do when it comes to sending a guy or holding a guy at third base. The
5: second most famous person from Cairo, Georgia, our friend Willie Harris, (laughs) uh, joining us (laughs) on Inside the Clubhouse. What was that like uh, growing up in a a city where Jackie Robinson was from, born? And I I mean, not raised totally because his family moved to California after a while. But um, what was that like? And at what point did you go back and kind of check that history out? Or was that always in your face?
3: No, as as a kid growing up, I, I had no idea who Jackie Robinson was. It's sad to say. Uh, I think kids should be taught early early on who Jackie Robinson was and what he did for this country and for the game of baseball. Uh, I had a high school teacher. Her name was Cheryl Simmons. She was my English teacher, and she recommended I do my paper. We had to do a research paper on, you know, people who were famous, whether it be a president, whatever. And she recommended that I do my paper on Jackie Robinson because she knew how I felt about baseball, and, and she knew I was, in love with the game so that's when I really learned about Jackie Robinson and, and what he had accomplished and what he went through and things like that and since then you know I, I just try to carry myself in a positive way uh no matter the negativity that's around I I, I try to stay positive no matter what um and, and what like Jackie Robinson's quote like what what good is your success if you can't help others so that's kind of how I roll every day. I try to be positive. I try to bring the energy every day. And I also understand that every day is not going to go my way. So, like I said earlier, I can I can deal with those things. And, and it's tough to deal with, but you have to deal with them, you know?
4: Yeah, for sure, Willie. And I know it's it's probably hard for you. You know, here you are. You, you played uh, a long time in the bigs. But uh, as you're here in your early 40s, you're considered uh, – you know an old man of baseball right you're a mentor to a lot of the young kids so it's it's important to to have that
3: positivity right it's very important and it's it's so huge i mean dealing with guys like you know chris Bryan and, and anthony rizzo and hayward and all of these guys you know they come to me sometimes and we talk and i'm saying to myself man i'm i'm talking to to riz and kb and Haywood about base running these guys have been in the league a long time, but they want it. You know, they, they feed off of that stuff and they want the information and they go out and perform. They go out and perform at a high level every day. Willie,
5: uh, as far as, um, you know, the the pressure to score runs, uh, you know, runs uh, runs are so hard to, to uh, attain these days in baseball with the pitching being so dominant. Um, as a third base coach, uh, do you feel even more pressure because of the fact that uh, runs are at a premium and uh, w- one run, uh, even early in a ball game, these days, can make a difference in
3: the game? Uh, you know, runs are very hard to come by, Bruce, um, especially in this game right now. I mean, the, the pitching is really dominating the game, but I don't think it. I don't think it brings pressure on me as far as. If, you have, if I have all of my calculations correct and I know the information going in and, you know, analytics pretty much says send every guy, you have you have to have good feel and know who your base runners are. You have to know who your base runners are. And you have to have really good secondary leads at second base. And, if fact, if those guys are giving me really good secondary leads at second base, I'll take my shot, depending on where we are in the, in the lineup. I mean, I don't want to send a guy and it might be a bang-bang play at the plate and I got Rizzo or – you know, the middle of our order coming up. I, I don't want to make that mistake, but you do have to be aggressive in certain situations. And in certain situations, you have to be a little bit less aggressive, depending on the scoreboard. You know, the scoreboard will let me know everything that I need to do as a coach. And I tell those guys, the scoreboard will let you know everything you need to do as a base runner. Take a peek you at the had, scoreboard. It'll let you know. <laughs> you had that situation in New York,
5: and uh, it didn't work out, but it took... Uh, perfect uh, play by the defense to eliminate Marisnyk at uh, home plate. So, uh, obviously, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday. Explain explain your thinking on that play and, and the understanding of all those things you just mentioned about
3: preparation.
5: Well,
3: well, what was going on in my mind during that play, like you said, it didn't work out. But I, I got my best runner on first base in, in Marisnyk. And in, uh. Kevin Pilar is playing left center field. Uh, Solgard's hitting, who who normally doesn't pull a ball. He pulls the ball towards the right center field gap, and Marisnik is is running as hard as he can around the bases. I know we're at the bottom of the lineup. I know who we have coming up, and I understand that, you know, these guys are going to have to be perfect to get Marisnik with his speed. I took a chance in that situation and, and tried to be aggressive. Like you said, it didn't work out. Um, but we still had a shot, you know, with a run on second in that situation to tie the game. In that particular time, it didn't work out for us, and, and hopefully next time it, it works out for us, but I think it was the right play. I think it was me being aggressive, and, and it might have been a little too aggressive. That, that could be the case depending on how you view it, but for me, I thought it was the right play. Uh, it didn't work out for us, and, and hopefully it will work out for us next time.
4: Willie, last thing I have for you, and, uh, you know, we, we talk to all baseball fans here in Chicago. Our, our White Sox fan base would be remiss if I didn't ask a member of the world champion White Sox from uh, from back in the early 2000s your, your favorite uh, memory or two from that team uh, that did win the World Series.
3: My favorite memory? Yeah. I have two. Uh, number one would be being able to contribute in, in that game four in Houston coming off the bench uh facing a tough pitcher in Brad Lidge and just being able to contribute, you know, being a role player. It's tough to crack that lineup, especially in the postseason, but being able to contribute, that would be my my main memory there, my my at the top of my list. And the second one would be the parade. I mean, that parade was ridiculous. Uh those south side fans, they were there, man. The Chicago fans, they were out there for that parade and I remember it very clearly. Uh Riding on those trucks and, and everybody just had a wonderful time and and I really I really enjoyed that man and, and and now being on the north side you know it's a little different because when I was coming up in the minor leagues you know with the White Sox we were we were taught not to like the Cubbies and, and <laughs> that's just how it was and, and you know it's not just about uh, the fans in that situation you want to compete like it, it's the north side versus the south side and it's a big deal. It was a big deal for me then. It's a big deal for me now. I mean, you, you want to beat the opposition. Well, And I'm on the north side now. I want to beat the White Sox. Well, that's just how it goes. So we'll see how everything turns out when we meet up with those guys.
5: Willie, uh, whenever we meet, uh, we smile and we remember – that great championship and that that's forever going to be a part of our relationship. Thanks so much for taking some time out today. Keep up the great work. Rossi, uh, uh, you know, as you walked away yesterday, told me that you are in an invaluable part of the Chicago Cubs and uh, what they're doing right now. And I'm sure that makes you feel good. Thanks for joining Mike and I today.
3: It really does. Thank you guys for having me this morning. You guys have a good day. All right. Thanks. You too. Well, Willie Harris, third base coach of
5: the Chicago Cubs. It's it's strange to say Willie Harris and Chicago Cubs. I know, but Mike. Uh, <laughs> that is the reality of 2021 right now. I
4: I hear you, and and I had to check myself, thinking, wait a second, is it really almost 20 years ago that we used to talk to him in the White Sox clubhouse when he was a young player? And yeah. yes, it is. And uh, you know, that's uh, that's the magic of baseball, I guess. Right uh, as it uh, goes from. Uh, era to era, generation to generation, and uh, we are uh, glad to be here to talk about it uh, with all the White Sox and Cubs fans. We will When take we a-
5: come back, Mike, uh, who are your Chicago Cub and Chicago White Sox all stars? If the voting ended today, who are your all stars in 2021? Three one two six four four six seven six seven. He's Mike Esposito. I'm Bruce Levine. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse at 670thescore.com.
4: And we are back on 670 The Score and Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito in for David Haw this week. Glad to be with you talking Chicago baseball at 312 644 6767. And Bruce, we were mentioning the All Star game right before our break.
5: Well, Mike. If the all-star voting ended today, who would be your Cub and White Sox representatives? I think it's an easy Cub call with Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell right now. Agreed. The way that Kyle Hendricks has been pitching over the last month, uh, if that continues on for another two or three weeks, he has to be a major consideration. Throw out the ERA And look at the overall work. Uh, Your thoughts on any other Cubs at this point?
4: No, and I think Hendricks is your wild card in uh, 14 starts. He has nine wins. And as you said, throughout the ERA uh, and some of those early rough outings, he's won, I believe, at seven straight starts. uh, And um, definitely, KB, for sure, Craig Kimbrell. I think uh, the closers on both sides of town are are pretty easy ones, right? But uh, certainly, Craig Kimbrell has been... Uh, One of the stories for the Chicago Cubs this season. Who are your Chicago White Sox players, Mike? So I start with the pitching staff with the White Sox, Bruce, and and that is uh, not a surprise. I mentioned Hendricks already. I think last night's starter, Carlos Rodon, has had really a magical season. Uh, I think he's got to be on there. And and Lance Lynn, I know uh, a lot of people when the Sox acquired Lynn uh, weren't so sure about uh, trading Dane Dunning down there and, and what Lance Lynn was going to bring. But uh, I think he has certainly shown uh, what he brings to, to this clubhouse.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with uh, those three, uh, those three pitchers have to be on that uh, all-star game uh, roster. If it stops today, uh, they have been uh, phenomenal. I I'm going to throw in there. Um, certainly Jose Abreu, uh, he has slumped as of late, but, um uh, he is an RBI machine. He's yep. the guy that continues to produce. Uh, the guy that they look to, uh, certainly Tim Anderson, has to get some, uh, some look uh, and uh, you know the ability to uh, continue to ignite that offense at the top. We saw the White Sox struggle uh, when he was on the IL. We saw it last year when he was on the IL. He is the igniter of that offense, and yep. uh, consideration certainly there for him. Look, uh, the White Sox have been uh, one of the best teams in baseball from the very beginning of the season, Mike. So uh, considering three, four, five White Sox players is not out of the question at all.
4: No, and you know what? I think if if I had to pick only one position player, I mean, you just mentioned the two uh, most likely candidates, but I think i take Anderson despite Abreu's 52 RBIs. Uh, and I'm not just looking at batting average, but I think the whole... Uh, you know the whole sparking the offense the spark plug thing and, and really how they did struggle when when Tim was out um, if I'm if I'm having to pick one or the other I'm going with Anderson but I think both are certainly deserving
5: yeah and uh, you know look uh, there are other other, team, other players on both the Cubs and white sox that that have stood out but I think uh, you know as of today you know that would be those would be my picks uh there's still plenty of time left. I think All Star voting is going to go another couple of weeks here. Right. So we'll we'll see we'll see how it works out. I think uh, I think Bryant has uh, you know regard. I, he's in a little slump right now. It's dropped from 308 to 2 uh, 288. But uh, his contributions and his uh, resurgence in his game overall, and right. just how he plays seamlessly from position to position. Uh, that to me that's. You know, that's everything that a most valuable player is, the way that uh, that Bryant has played so far this year.
4: Right, and another interesting uh, tangent to this, and, and we can maybe get into it during the 10 o'clock hour, is, you know, you have middle relievers on, on both sides of town and really all over the league having great seasons, and those are guys not normally represented in an All-Star game. You normally either get closers or starters, but you don't get those middle relief guys. But you have guys like Tapera having great seasons. Yeah, Tapera is... He's got to be considered. You're right. I mean, uh,
5: normally middle relievers are not, but he has been so dominant, uh, actually since uh, last
4: year, uh, that you, he has to be considered. And uh, hopefully he will. So we will get to that uh, during the ten o'clock hour as well. Some more White so- or some more uh, All Star Game talk. Uh, we'll hopefully be joined by Adam Engel of the White Sox around ten thirty. Uh, and when we come back, Bruce, we will uh, do a little. Should he stay or should he go? I think you know where this is heading uh, with the trade deadline coming up. We'll do that when we return on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?